Hello, and welcome back to That Time We Woke Up in a Podcast and Had to Explain Manga, our heated adventures, overanalyzing manga that we find interesting. You might be hearing this many centuries in the future after awakening from a stony prison. Well, if so, that's uh, oddly specific, but also very helpful, because this week we read Dr. Stone, chapters 1 through 12, the prologue arc. So, sit back, relax, don't be so stiff, and enjoy the show. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Over Manga Cast. My name is Sam, and as always here at the top of the show, we like to talk about our familiarity with the franchise that we read this week. We finally got another new property for the show here on the podcast, and uh, for me, Dr. Stone falls into the category that the vast majority of things have. If you've listened to our previous 52 episodes, you probably know what I'm about to say. But um, OP for anime slap. Me listen much. Not read manga, not watch anime. Until now. Unga bunga. <laughs> and that's about it. Uh, how about you, Jacob? It's like Bill Nye, but an anime stroke manga, which is a pitch. In all honesty, I didn't really know about the Shonen Jump app at the time, so I just never really, you know, got around to finding it. <laughs> In a lot of cases, I forget that there even is a Dr. Stone anime. You know, Sam hasn't sent the uh, OP to me. It's the rare case, but... um, I haven't shown you Good Morning World? God damn, that, that that one's not, great. Not as far as I recall, but uh it is it I'm is correcting that. It is a it is a series I have been aware of, though uh never really engaged with, um, even more so than a lot of the things that we've done. All right. How about you, Matt? Uh so Dr. Stone was one of the series I read weekly for a bit. Um I didn't start when it started, obviously, but I caught up. Uh, I read it week to week, and then um, for a long time, I kind of actually dropped off of it. Uh, but then when I heard of its, um, it was ending recently, so I'm like, oh, well, I got the Shonen Jump app. I have all the chapters. I can catch up, because uh, I think you get locked out at 100 chapters a day, which was less than what I needed. So um, mm-hmm. I... Marathoned the rest <laughs> and then read the last couple of chapters as they came week to week. So yeah, I've I've read this series in its entirety. All right, and Jay, your experience with Doctor Stone. Ooh, so um, when I first heard of Doctor Stone, um, what drew me in was I think the art. Um, this was back when before the anime had come out. Um, the manga was. I think just coming over. It has been on my list for a while. I have essentially been anxiously awaiting the time when the podcast would read Dr. Stone. I have glimpsed pieces of the first first couple episodes of the anime, but then decided I would hold off and read the manga. So the point is, I have been anxiously awaiting reading this, and I was really excited that this was on the list, and I love it, and yes. Excellent. (laughs) All right. So we open up with a a rather foreboding uh, prophecy of doom. Every human on Earth turned into stone. It it gives Which... it gives this like a uh, cold open whammy panel of, and that was the day the entire world was encased in stone, and it shows a the the greenery is reclaiming its city with a bunch of people statuized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we don't. 
uh, linger on this for long before we are introduced to our principal characters. Uh, our pair of best boys, we have Senku and Taiju. Taiju is a... <laughs> he's a lovable dunce. <laughs> he is very strong. He's uh, got a big heart. And he very, very loudly proclaims that he is finally going to confess his love for their classmate. Uh, to which his friend Senku says, Okay, but, you know, screaming it here in the science lab isn't going to... Uh, do squat for you, right? Here, drink this love potion. It will increase your chances of success by 10 billion percent. Yeah, this is where we get introduced to a lot of the uh, the running gimmicks for our two principal characters, uh, namely Senku's uh, pension for using 10 billion percent. <laughs> yes, because that's a real number. <laughs> it's yeah, technically a real number. Resident number expert here. Uh, a billion is a real number, Jay. Uh, even if you have 10 of them, <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying the logic of including not only billions of percentage. Yeah. Yeah. You it, could just move the decimal place twice and say multiplied by. Yeah, but Senku's the type of man who doesn't do anything unless he's absolutely sure of it. And what's more sure than 100 billion percent sure? 100 billion and one. <laughs> yep. Which is why he felt very confident that uh, Taiju would not drink the love potion, which is good because it was actually gasoline. The sense of yes. humor of this man. You know, one, <laughs> one of the other science club members is like, so would he have died if he took it? And uh, Senku has a very lethal sense of humor. Yeah. Um. See, the thing about that, though, is I really like this introduction for them because in you know, the hypothetical world where, uh, you know, Taiju wasn't as, you know, good-hearted as he is and he actually considers it, Senku would have obviously not have actually given him the gasoline labeled as a love potion. I mean, heck, you've heard this podcast. One of the quickest ways to tell if people are really friends is if they're able to, you know, rib and mock each other and, <laughs> and you know, everyone's laughing and having a good time about it. And the way Indeed. that Taiju and Senku talk to each other like, like the literal words sound so like obnoxious and disrespectful, but you can just tell from their demeanor, you know, the looks on their faces, the way they take everything that like it is such a good uh, and natural um, representation of, in a lot of ways, the modern friendship. And I, I really yeah. appreciated how quickly it introduces them. Yeah, Senku can't go a page without calling Taiju a fool, but also a very honest fool. And so his his good heart is how he knew that his friend would not accept the uh the the supplement of the love potion and how he could get hand him gasoline <laughs> safely. And it's also they have a very deep level of respect for each other because mm -hmm. Taiju completely owns that he is a fool. Completely. Mm -hmm. He recognizes mm -hmm. his limitations, but he fully trust Senku enough to just wholeheartedly believe whatever he says. I know you're the smart guy. That is not my strong point. I'll be your muscle. Yeah. It, it it's like Jake said, it's a very uh, quick way of establishing the dynamic. And uh, we are also introduced to our third principal character, uh, Yuzuria, uh, Taiju's previously uh, alluded to love interest, the one who he said he would declare his love for, after five long years of keeping this secret, before he can, a mysterious flash of light erupts in the distance. I think another important part is a bunch of students, including the uh, science club, is 
watching this uh, scene play out and everybody's taking bets on how badly Taiju is going to get rejected. Senku is incredibly confident that uh, she will reciprocate his feelings. And then right before he says it, of course, right before he says it, of course, the plot happens because that's kind of inevitable. A mysterious light washes over the world and every person the light touches uh, petrifies into stone. Yeah, my favorite part about this scene is just how dark everything is as we get like people's reactions, because you get like a nice crowd shot where Mm -hmm. people are blind. Well, they're. Not even blind, they're deaf and like completely cut off from the world. They are in their own heads alone. You just get a shot of people not knowing what's going on and just several people just concluding, is this what death is? Is this death? Yeah. Am I having a stroke? What's going on? Everything's gone dark. You see planes crashing out of the sky. You see cars slamming into each other. It's honestly really horrifying. Like it messed with me something terrible. It's like, we're only five pages in manga, calm the hell down. As the uh, petrification is setting in for everybody, uh, we also get a really important, in my opinion, flashback of uh, earlier that day, where there is the mechanical plot element of it that uh, Haiju had found, um, I believe it's a, I think think it's a sparrow. He thinks it's been petrified and turned to stone. Everybody else is telling him that's literal. that's obviously a sculpture because nothing can, you know, what could just turn a bird to stone? That's absurd. Do you think you're in a manga or something? Well, as it turns out. <laughs> he, he sets out to take it to uh, a vet. He gets there and he realizes that, uh, oh, wait, the, the clinic isn't open yet. So uh, this is a problem, isn't it? If I wait until it opens, I'll be late for school. And then he sees Yuzuriha. She ribs him a little bit. Ah, you're, you did, you know, you dummy, you didn't think through the consequences of your action. Uh, And, you know, he's, he's being all bashful. Wait, why are you here? And then she holds up another one of the petrified sparrows. We're both dummies who don't think through things and they share a laugh. Yeah. And in a similar way to the way that Taiju and uh, Senku interact with each other, it gives off the uh, the same sort of vibe of uh, in a really simple scene that doesn't like linger on it or exposit it at you. Um, like it, there's never like a narration box that like explains in laborious detail these characters that these characters are close. It just shows it in a very natural way, and I think that um, the way that the that the dynamic between uh, Taiju and uh, Yuzuriha and Taiju and Senku is established is really, really well done. And by extension, mm-hmm. because uh, we see less of Yuzuriha and Senku interacting, but what we see of their interactions, like basically, it's the the three of them are really well established the as squad. yeah, as the squad. Yeah. And uh, it's a good thing we have this heartwarming scene because we are treated to a uh, rather unsettling montage of civilization breaking down, including uh, animals breaking free from the zoo, uh, wild uh, dogs running through the uh, statue-laden streets, and a poor doggo who is wondering why human won't move. Yeah, some some poor fluffy dust bunny creature. Well, feel so I'm sorry sure that, for Doggo. I'm sure that dog lived a long and happy life, and there are no apex predators in Tokyo. <laughs> One of the things that was pretty quickly established during the petrification was uh, people were kind of fading out of consciousness, like settling into a torpor where they weren't thinking anymore. Uh, not our boy Taiju. He was going to confess to Yuzuria. He has to let her know. He has to make sure that she's safe. So he keeps 
latched on to that one burning hot. Yes, burning hot, all right. <laughs> yeah. And he refuses to let that go. And that keeps his, the spark of his, the admittedly dull spark of his mind alight for thousands of years. Reminds There's... me of that Doctor Who episode. <laughs> you know Same. the one. Yeah. There is a there is a very strong impression that like you kind of know that because he's been established as a bit of an airhead, Taiju's uh, like narration of his experience of it isn't necessarily isn't necessarily accurate. But like he's he's thinking like it's been you know it feels like it's been thousands of years, and um, by the time he you know is is you know revived. There is absolutely nothing of any kind of like, you know, man-made civilization e elements left anywhere. It is it is pure nature as far as the eye can see. Like not even not even like the the um you know the greenery reclaimed skeletons of skyscraper. It's just all gone. Yeah, that that is the magnitude of time we're dealing with. So that even like skyscrapers and buildings have crumbled into the ground and have been absorbed. Like, the, the level of things that are left are literally only, like, solid metal structures, and that's about it. And even those have been mm. overtaken. Yeah. And even those yeah. are horribly corroded. Taiju does finally break free, though. The, the hard stone exoskeleton breaks. He shatters out of it and emerges <laughs> butt-ass naked into this new world in a really macabre statue garden <laughs> yeah because over time you know statues statues have been exposed to the elements some of them have toppled over and shattered and it, yeah mm -hmm. just knowing that those that is all that you've kind of withstood yeah uh he yes he he mentions in passing, and this is a, a background detail that uh, Senku later reiterates, that um, the reason he is where he is uh, is because he had been washed down a river, and a lot of the, um, the stone people around him uh, did not fare too well in the transition. Uh, it is it is notable that like none of the statues seem to like erode from rain or anything like that. Everyone's like still people shaped, but just the the. Mm -hmm the nature of you know some stone getting swept up by a river and knocked over a cliff is still going to break the rock yeah you know stone construct with you know spindly limbs will uh crack and uh uh taiju he's the kind of character that you can always predict what he's going to do he tries to reassemble someone and he, when he realizes that this is a lost cause he uh he takes a moment to say a prayer for their peace over them before uh moving on uh, he wanders around. He's like, so long as the terrain isn't too different, I can probably still find my way around. I got to get back to that tree and hope that Yuzuria is okay. And, uh, and fortunately she is. Well, it's because when, yeah, it's because when he um, was confessing to her and the mm -hmm. explosion thing, the last thing he said to her before he turned to stone was grab the tree and hold on. And she did. And the tree mm -hmm. got her back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep she stayed attached to that and is now it you know covered in vines and uh the tree like grew. creeping trendles and everything but you know she's she was kept there safe and didn't break up when getting washed down the breaking dam uh the the tree actually grew around her the various hideousness that happened in the first half of this 
uh, chapter, this opening chapter, Dr. Stone is a fairly lighthearted manga. I feel like if, you know, this was Chainsaw Man caliber of darkness, we'd focus on the fact that this man has, you know, experienced 3,900 years of time <laughs> of basically unbroken consciousness and the horrors that that would cause. But uh, we don't dwell on that too long. The most we have is so, finding her being relieved and then collapsing to his knees crying saying i survived all this time but you're still stone i've loved you for hundreds and thousands of years and i still can't admit it to you but you know being a shonen protagonist he immediately is like all right well i got out somehow gonna figure out how to save you two time to do something about it at which point he notices uh into the trunk of the tree is carved a message telling him uh, what direction to go, you owe, at which point he immediately knows who's responsible for the message. Mm-hmm. Your friendship right there. Yep. <laughs> it, it really is. It is true friendship because there's your man, Senku. He, he is fully acclimated to the, the new time. He explains to uh, Taiju that uh, how he managed to, uh, you know, keep his mind sharp over the uh, over the eons. He literally counted the seconds. Yeah, today is October 15th, 5738. Yeah, my favorite part about that, too, is when we get the flashback to his like time in the stone. Senku got bored of counting at one point around like 800,000 seconds. He realized he was nodding off. So that was not enough to keep his mind entertained. He needed to count as well as think. So he just has like like parallel processing going on where he is constantly counting. In addition, to, <laughs> he did like a shonen training arc for thinking over his time period. Meanwhile, Taiju was perfectly content staying conscious with, I really love this girl. I really love this girl. I really love this. Girl. And that's all he needed for like 3000 years. No, yeah, 3000. Just saying, yep. find your find you a man who cares about you like Taiju. <laughs> exactly. It really yeah. it really shows the difference between the two of them. Though I did actually do the math and dual core processing brain. <laughs> I did actually do the math because they're uh they're pretty consistent about it's specifically uh 3700 ish years. It's it's you know like within, you know, a decade or two of uh 3700. Mhm. If you count back from when Senku says that says the date, it's actually a little bit forward in time from when Dr. Stone was released. It's closer to about 2050 or 2049. That may mean something. There might be some, you know, sci-fi tech thing. Um, I I specifically filed that away in my brain as uh an Easter egg. It's like, it's like, if the, like, obviously it's going to explore why this happened because Senku is immediately like, there has to be an explanation for this. You know, you know, magic is just, you know, science we don't understand yet. You know, I'll figure this out. And, and I'm thinking mm-hmm. the fact that it was 2049, unless that, uh, like, like, unless the final, like, number of seconds date that he gave when he got out of the stone wasn't like the whole count or something you know like it, this might if he be was nothing. off somehow or even not even if he was off but it's like if he if the the count that he gave wasn't the full count or something like that you know but it's it's one of those like you know like dr stone to some extent is challenging you to think alongside senku and uh that's one of the that's one of the little details i noticed that might be uh 
something that ends up coming into play later on in the series. Indeed, but uh, for now, uh, Senku has been uh, unpetrified for about a year before Taiju finally woke up, and he has been using this to uh, begin his process of rebuilding civilization from scratch. With science! <laughs> I'm just going to get the Exalted reference out of the way now. Senku is a Twilight cast. He is exalted to <laughs> rebuild the glories of an advanced time from literally nothing. And I am absolutely about it. <laughs> I'm here for it. You know, Senku says, uh, well, I've got you here now, so I've got all your muscle to go with all my brains. We are going to rebuild the world and save your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, and 100% on board. <laughs> we're the Adam and Eve of this new world, but Senku, we're two dudes. It's a metaphor, you oaf. <laughs> what's a metaphor yeah there there are a couple of uh little after chapter like codas that are pretty fun we get a we get a mecha senku at one point explaining certain details and and things like that mecha senku is my favorite little guy because mm -hmm. he always jumps in to be like so what we're telling you is probably horribly illegal um you know just breeze over that <laughs> <laughs> oh like when they actually teach you how to make a bomb <laughs> don't don't do hey, this get... in real life this is real science and will make an actual explosive which is very illegal kids did you know you can make Allegedly. wine with stuff you just have at home it's actually the easiest thing in the world to make you don't need an id yeah it's super <laughs> simple this is also illegal Underage drinking? I'm over 3,700 I mean, years old. This is a good enough time as any. He's not wrong. He actually is over 3,700 years old because he was conscious the entire time. My dude is yeah. thousands of years old. Uh-huh. Which again, objectively hideous, but Dr. Stone doesn't linger on that. Dr. Stone is here to have fun and uh, basically just play Minecraft. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, kind of. This is 100% this is the manga version of some like survival uh like crafting game oh guys mm -hmm. found any unrelated we should read the minecraft knockoff manga sometime <laughs> no thank you <laughs> no thank you i i didn't know that that people, was a thing but i'm i'm uh people get isekai dot hack sign style into a minecraft video game it is not officially minecraft but it is <laughs> <laughs> but it might as well be next time on the over manga cast not actually um <laughs> senku has been spending this year working on his thesis of how he was able to become unpetrified and in fact taiju becoming uh fleshy again was partially how uh partially confirmed this because uh taiju was in a cave and that cave had bats in it bats that pooped and that created nitric acid from the guano, which Damn bats in their poop. That's yeah. helpful. Look, if it's look, if bat guano is good enough to be a plot point for uh, Ace Ventura, it's good enough for this. Nobody, I've seen Ace Ventura. No, no, I, I love that movie. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's the second one, so it's <laughs> aged much better. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Senku has been working on trying to find the right concentration of nitric acid from the guano to. Uh, uh, unpetrify things starting with birds and taiju is brought into his uh laboratory with shelves upon shelves of 
uh, stone birds. Raises more and, questions of like why collect so many stone birds? Why not just you know reuse the stone birds? Because what if something that you put on the uh, stone bird uh, reacts with uh, a new formula? For all of the goofy fun that uh, Doctor Stone has, one of the really cool things about it is that it really does delve into the scientific uh, method. Yes, but then it's just like the fact that he's using them as like blank slides. But does that mean? That he's not going to save all of the yes. birds. Well, no, because it... <laughs> the, the the whole point of it is he needs every single uh, one of his tests to be uh, clear of any, like, noise in the data. You know, presumably, I mean, honestly, given given Senku's personality, he is he is the kind of he is the kind of science who is like, uh, ethics what are those like he's not quite mm -hmm. he's not quite that he evil totally but... has ethics that's the yeah. thing like I, I don't know if he kept any for uh any for further testing but uh i i presume that senku is the type of person who would release all of the birds once he got the formula working we don't expressly see that but we do kind of learn through uh characterization later on that he's the kind of guy who would do that one of the things i couldn't help but notice about senku immediately is like he has all of the character design and facial expression red flags of being like the most evil scientist villain and then all of his okay. actions say that he is actually you know the just as sweet as taiju just in different ways <laughs> He's got the same kind of vibe just off of pure uh, expression as a uh, brain from Pinky and the Brain. Yes. <laughs> but he's as good hearted as Pinky, as well as Taiju. Yeah, he uses his powers for good. This is actually a good opportunity to uh, point out since we're talking about like their process of trying to find the um cure of the petrification the miracle fluid <laughs> it becomes known as um one of the things i really like about it is that despite the fact that senku is presented as being a comically intelligent genius and there are people like like all of the characters have hyper i, I guess except for uh yuzuriha to some extent but like basically all of the characters have hyper exaggerated like personality features but one thing that they make a mm. point of doing is that they show um senku failing at things and even failing at oh. intellectual things. I really like that they put in little things like he tries to make pottery and the pot just completely shatters because he has no idea what he's doing. Or later on... Yeah. Oh no, that's that's my favorite part about Senku because it is so easy when you're trying to write a hyper-genius character to make them the hyper-genius just by never being wrong. But uh, it's believable for Senku because he knows a ton he just doesn't always have practically applicable knowledge, but he is willing to apply what he knows and, you know, work through the scientific method. He is a hyper genius by effort, not by yeah. author um, clairvoyance, which is which is the trap you could usually like, fall into. The main point of science is trial and error. So Senku's all about trial and error. If it didn't work, just keep trying. You'll get it eventually. I feel like the um, comparison to Bill Nye, but a manga does actually kind of hold some water is that the fact that it goes into the scientific theory and does it in such an organic way. Like, like, you know, I mean, Senku has that little exposition dump where he explains, you know, that truth about science, that science is about failing and figuring out why it failed. You know, that, that you know, the, the element of science being a process, not a list of answers in a textbook. 
Um, I really appreciated that, and they expressed it showing Senku as having an absurd manga protagonist level of knowledge in his mind brain, but also being able to just make bad calls and and make bad guesses that uh, backfire on him in really organic ways. And it's it's very similar to why I like the way that the friendship between the uh, principal three main characters. It is an absolutely spectacular example of um showing instead of telling one of the ways that we know that taiju isn't a complete airhead is uh senku postulates that uh nitric acid isn't the entire formula for the miracle fluid it needs some of the reactive possible uh and like alcohol and taiju's like hey wait a minute senku you said we need alcohol right yeah well i found these grapes we can make wine Saw. that's perfect you you big oaf, now get stomping. <laughs> and they make something that that tastes a bit like vinegar, but <laughs> while Taiju it's is not- It's close enough. Yeah. Close enough. While Taiju isn't happy with it, Senku's like, ah, perfect. It's disgusting. But this is how we're going to distill it into uh, brandy. My favorite part of that man. scene is Senku has made himself a clay wine glass because he has to be extra. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and he's swirling it around like he's a sommelier and he's like, ooh, better than I imagined, but 10 billion times worse than mass-produced wine as <laughs> Taiju is actively vomiting. <laughs> but they go about uh, distilling some brandy. Taiju grows a beard and looks like a badass mountain man. I honestly wish she kept the beard. It looks cool. No. They do also, no. like... She won't <laughs> like it. She can't have... Yeah, yeah, she won't like it. It's so rough and yeah. Uh, well, maybe Yuzuria needs better taste. <laughs> Excuse you. <laughs> that, that, was, that was rude. I apologize. I apologize to the, to the fictional character we're talking about. Okay, everyone feel better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that like two episodes ago too. It's typical. Uh, welcome to the internet, folks, says while sitting here stroking his uh, villain goatee. Indeed. <laughs> but um, with the brandy, that is uh, actually enough to mix with the nitric acid and produce the miracle fluid, unpetrifying a feather and subsequently a whole bird. And with this, get excited. We are going to uh, rebuild the world. That That's uh, Senku's other catchphrase, get excited. And you know what? It works. I am excited. Yeah, yeah he it, it, it's one of those ones where like Senku, like, again, he has all those hallmarks of like the the, you know, uh, evil scientist character. And yet also like because he and uh, Taiju are such close friends, they pick up characteristics of each other. So he has that, you know, shonen protag hype mode <laughs> and uh, the two of them vibe off of it, which is great. But yeah, an another moment of, like, uh, Senku being seen as, like, giving off the vibe of the gross mad scientist. Is he, he's like, I was also testing the miracle fluid on pieces of uh, petrified human. You sicko! I tried gluing them back together first, but it didn't work. Oh, I, I, then may their souls rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's unpetrify Yuzuria and Senku, wait! What? She's naked! 
We can't revive her like this. Okay, fine. We'll take her back to base and make some clothes. He like walks over like he's going to build like a um like a sled or something. And then here's Taiju just yoink. <laughs> <laughs> because we forgot to mention Taiju is a Heracles ass Superman. <laughs> Incredibly strong. He can like Yuzuria like like Yuzuria isn't a big person but she is still a full-grown human and made of stone so she's definitely not light as he just hoists her over his head like all right let's i'm me. just saying part of his strength is he just does not overthink things yeah, excuse just do me. it just yeah. do it sam are you calling her chubby i'm <laughs> saying she's has- made out of rock I'm saying, Sam, you're not a very nice lady. That's <laughs> straight too. Funnily enough, funnily, funnily enough, the uh, are you saying she's chubby, she's rock is the exact exchange that Taichu and Senku have immediately after he lifts her. <laughs> we live in a stone world 3,700 years after civilization. No one's going to bother with someone's junk swinging around. She's a girl. She doesn't have junk. That's not the point! You know what I mean! (laughs) God, they're such friends. Unfortunately, their arguing is taking too long, and lions show up! Yeah, ju- uh, just the other thing I wanted to mention is that uh, it's it's worth noting that Taiju has physical strength on manga character, physical strength on par with Senku's uh, intellectual mm. level. Oh, he's like early Son Goku in his yeah. just casual feats of strength. As mentioned, unfortunately, they uh, spend a bit much uh, too much time with this discussion, and um, they meet the uh, the new apex predators of the environment, the lions. I, I guess this like attacking pack, this attacking pride of lions is mostly female lions. There is one male in there, so it's like, hey guys, male lions don't go hunting. It's also a completely different environment, and also. The and also, of, it's been thirty seven hundred years. Yeah the the amount of time the amount of time that has passed has not been enough time for, uh, like like physical adaptations, uh, you know, through natural mm-hmm. selection. But, um, behavioral adaptations are are significantly faster. So you know them them operating you know their hunting procedures differently. They also um, couldn't have been hunting. They could have just walked also, into where they live because I think it was a lot of things. That is uh, also a naturalist possible. is not one of them. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because he didn't know the lions were there at all. Like, that's the other thing. Like, Senku was surprised they exist. Mm-hmm. And he's been out there for a year. <laughs> yeah. It's like, part, part of the reason Senku wants to rebuild civilization is because he wants to, you know, save all humans and, you know, return to the, the world to how it should be. Wants to go to, he also <laughs> wants to go to space. Because, yes. But also, he's a weedy nerd. Senku is not a... Yeah, this is this is not his... Senku, Senku is not an altruist. Um, he wants to revive civilization because that gets him back into space. Uh, he, he's a good guy, uh-huh. but he's not selfless. But, but, but space. But, but space. Isn't but space, space so cool? I want to go to space. <laughs> space is super cool. I want to go to space. 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 But um, the two of them uh, run as far as they can, but they can't outrun the lions. And so they go to stand their ground because they are true brothers who would uh, not abandon each other. And it's like, uh, wait a Senku, minute. Senku suggests distracting them while uh, Taiju gets away. And they have the conversation of, we both need each other. 
But then Taiju remembers whilst he was out uh, gathering things, uh, he had uh, stumbled across uh, someone that he recognized as one of the stone people. Yeah, because while Taiju is strong, he's not a fighter. He he doesn't actually know how to apply his strength to violence. So, But uh, there is somebody who does. Tsukasa Shishiho, the strongest primate high schooler. Also, Jacob. Yeah, so immediately, my first thoughts. Who dubbed him the ultimate primate well, that- high schooler? And was it in jest or does that he... 100% sounds like an MMA title because in one of the little Senku blurbs, he's just like, he has Robo Senku. I actually is just like, he has won every single MMA fight he has participated, even though he is just a high schooler. <laughs> he actively participates in MMA, yes. MMA fights and is undefeated. That's yes. in his backstory. Damn. He's just the perfect man. And he, he is Sukasa for. <laughs> He is Tsukasa Shishiho, the strongest primate high schooler, and he has never known defeat. I have spent way too long on the, the millennia fights and help. But anyway, it's like, okay, so we were going to revive Yuzuria, but um, we need a com- we need a combatant right now. We need someone with levels in fighter. So uh, revive Tsukasa. And they, uh, they, they proceed to do that. And mm-hmm. uh, he, he shatters the like stone shell off of himself uh, with his muscles toward the lions as projectiles. Yeah, uh, this is another kind of brilliant uh, show-not-tell moment, as, you know, Tsukase is breaking out, notices that something is up, and he says, what's our situation? Senku meets his eyes, has a flash, and he goes, your body's covered in stone fragments, and lions are attacking us at nine and two o'clock. And then he does the shotgun move. Power of him flexing his muscles and like straightening his arms fires the individual shards of rock on his skin as if it's like a shotgun blast and like knocks out a few of the lions. And in that distraction, my man runs Mm -hmm. forward and punches the head of the pride in the face and then knocks out another lioness with like a (laughs) side swipe. He takes out this eight lion pride like it's nobody's business while looking absolutely hot while doing it because dear God, is every (laughs) single character in this super (laughs) hot. I'm going to be honest straight up. It was very hard to pay attention. It's ridiculous. Why is this man so attractive? He also has, it's also fun that he already has the, like, wild man long hair. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's almost as if he was built for this time and place or something. In all fairness. I know, and I promise I could fix him. (laughs) (laughs) And there it is. I forget if this justification was in what we read or if it comes up later. I think there is a throwaway line where someone says the petrification process um, takes a lot of calories. So it burns off all the excess body fat as it does it. Now that I've said it out loud, I don't think that happened in this section, but that is like the weird throwaway line for why everyone comes out of stone looking so hot. Because they are literally just their muscle. Uh, I gotta say, I really like Tsukasa as a character, not just because he's hot, which he is, but he's the kind of kind of paragon antagonist. We'll get to why he's an antagonist later, but he's the kind of paragon antagonist that makes him like a perfect foil for Senku. Mm. And uh, since his stone statue was first introduced, it's like he's the strongest primate high schooler. And it's like, primate, you're immediately conditioned to think he's going to be 
uh, Ungabunga, you know, me mash buttons caveman. But no, he's really smart. He's not quite Senku smart, but he's very he's very quick on the uptake. He's about as smart as a real life smart high schooler would be. Mm-hmm. And it's like within a second of his head being unpetrified, he's like, what's our situation? He hears the answer and he formulates an attack. And, you know, after wiping the lion pride, he says, all right, I'll be your fighter. He just slots so perfectly into the dynamic. It's he he doesn't blink. He doesn't hesitate. And he is capable of uh, assessing the situation in a heartbeat. It does make him kind of the perfect Senku foil. He skins the male lion to make some drip. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he very, very quickly makes a entire outfit that is that is absolutely uh, uh, perfect for the scenario. That outfit has got to be just <laughs> disgusting because it is and not cured. It is not dried. It is live dripping <laughs> animal skin. <laughs> yes. Gather around, ladies. He's got that, that drip all right. <laughs> he then immediately strips it off to go fishing in the ocean. <laughs> looking Pro- like a- Probably should take that in there with him because honestly, probably the salt water would help. Yeah. yeah. I just love how every time he's fully naked on panel, there's something to block his junk. And in this case, it's Senku's That's every wild character. hair. Every character's naked has like a weird... Taiju was naked in yeah. the beginning and yeah. he had like weird bushes following him around occasionally. I'm just yep. saying it's tasteful nudity. Very tasteful. Well, I, they I know what they're hang about. a painting of it. This manga is very scientific, so we need diagrams of the human musculature. All 12 packs. That's the excuse. we have uh we have what appears to be the establishment of our new dynamic of a hunter gatherer fighter sukasa acquiring raw materials uh, acquiring raw food materials for genius senku and uh muscle man taiju as they continue their yeah, and then uh, Taiju will, you know, get things like wood or clay or things like that. Um, and then uh, Senku will, you know, science them up, you know, better tools or uh, better shelter, things like that. Uh, again, you know, I, I, made, I made the joke of this is basically Minecraft the manga, but in a sense it is. And I think that's part of the reason why I enjoyed this so much, because I love the I love the kind of compounding building upon uh, a foundation gameplay loop of Minecraft in that regard. Mm-hmm. You know, you get wood to make stone, to make iron, to make diamond. And in this manga, you just get wood. <laughs> we proceed with uh, more acquisition of raw materials, in this case, calcium carbonate, uh, which we get by smashing up seashells, which there are uh, four deadly three. important uses for the stuff. I meant three. What? And then three, my, my, my pinky was off to the side. <laughs> Senku, you very clearly said four. Three. <laughs> yeah, Taiju, Taiju takes yeah. Senku's word for it that uh, he had actually said three all along. Because the, because um, like the way it's framed, he, he holds up four fingers. Uh, there are four deadly uses for uh, calcium carbonate. It can be used to make... Uh, uh, the basis agriculture. for agriculture, the basis for early cement. It can be used to make soap. And that's it. There's nothing else. Didn't you say four? No, I said three. Unfortunately, Sukasa's not an idiot and is actually yeah. quite intelligent himself. So he's able to put two and two together and be like, 
Wait a Did minute. Did he possibly Which mean? Is... And I mean, like, that's one of the things I really like, because you want to talk about uh, times when Senku's wrong. Uh, he definitely underestimated Tsukasa is something that happened. Like, Yeah, big uh -huh. time. Thinking it... everyone else who's not you is an idiot. Because it's normally true for him is the problem. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was sort of where I was going. It's it wasn't even necessarily like a disrespect kind of thing. It was really more Tsukasa's character that Senku had um uh misunderstood because like as they're like collecting shells and whatnot, the two of them start, you know, having a conversation about, you know, uh you know what's the But uh Taichu's like, what's the fourth thing? And Sen there's a panel of Senku like uh, no, just three. Didn't I say three? <laughs> right, I guess a bad memory is a part of my weak mind. Lol. And, you know, they're going off and having their fun. But Tsukasa's like, hey, wait a second. Get a little uh, backstory for uh, Tsukasa. Uh, and uh, he actually likes the new world because uh, there are no uh, uh, adults around. There's none of them adults! That's my Ryuji impression. <laughs> they make taxes and war and tell you you need a fishing license to collect seashells for your sick sister. Tsukasa, this, uh, this hypothetical example is getting very, very specific. Let me punctuate suddenly. my hypothetical example <laughs> by ripping the head off this stone statue. You, dude, you knew that was a person, right? That was an adult. What? We were just having a chill time, bro. What? That, so, in this un defiled paradise of a stone world we're only going to revive the pure-hearted youth right senku lol no and, yeah at which point uh senku looks him dead in the eye lol no and then thinks i have to keep the uh secret ingredient to the revival formula hidden so that tsukasa can't uh make it himself can't ever have it i'm back from the cave that has the secret ingredient of the miracle formula in it Shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, and uh yeah, that hits us about the halfway point of our reading. So uh we're gonna take a quick break here. Uh be back in just a second. Welcome back, everybody. Conflict, as Tsukasa has revealed that he uh, is not of a similar moral fiber to our boy Senku. No, um, he is taking the message of Persona 5 a bit too far. He wants uh, those shitty adults gone, but he is willing to commit wholesale murder to do it. And Senku is not about that. Unfortunately, uh, for the ensuing Battle of Wits, Taiju is uh too uh, he's he's just too airheaded it's he's also, too smooth brained like, too moral is he... also a weird complaint but in this case it definitely is a problem um he is unwilling mm -hmm. to see someone as anything but as saintly as he is unless they directly in the moment show that they are not good people and then on top of that even then he's still not willing to like do violence we're, we're getting a them. little ahead of ourselves actually um mm -hmm. so where we left off was uh taiju had ran in with the uh revival flu the miracle fluid and had said we have enough to revive usuria and essentially what senku immediately does the mental calculations of 
oh crap, he knows where the cave, he's gonna have to know where the cave is. We can't not tell him. That's gonna be way suspicious if we just don't tell him. So essentially they have to tell him and that's going to give them a small amount of time as he goes to investigate that cave where they can figure out what they're going to do because they're still going to revive uh, Usuria, but it's clear at this point he's going to be killing people. Tsukasa yes. is not the, the fourth musketeer they thought he was going to be. Yeah, they're definitely going to revive Usuria now that Taiju has finished uh, crafting a dress for her so sh uh, her modesty can be preserved when she is unpetrified. Unfortunately, uh, there's just not enough of the miracle fluid. Someone's going to have to go back and get some more from the cave. You know what? Sukasa, you go for it. All right. Is he gone? Yeah, he was gone in a flash. What a speedy guy. All right, we're reviving you, Surya, and we're running. Go, go, go. <laughs> I love that. I love there's a moment Senku looks at Taiju and is like, why would I put a, a bowl under the nitric acid drip that was too small? <laughs> why would I do that? <laughs> Literally, why would I do that? Uh, I mean, yeah, it was all a ploy. Now grab her and go. What? Why are we going without telling Sukasa he's a murderer? Oh, okay. Oh, that's a problem. Okay, yeah. They proceed to revive Yuzuria. Unfortunately, Sukasa, as I said earlier, is a great foil for Senku because he is just smart enough to apply his miraculous strength to be uber threatening as he goes into the cave uh has some of the fluid drip onto his finger and he's like it smells like this it stains my skin yellow bats ah nitric acid and it's like oh no and then he finds a petrified two and a half kids family and shatters the parents oh no he has a nice leisurely trip through the garden on the way back to the group where he's just shattering everybody he shatters some kids too He's a good guy who just so happens to be a murderer. I never understood his sense of justice, though, because he does have a reason for doing this. He wants to, you know, disallow. He has a child's sense of justice is what um, the problem is. He has a, he, I was wronged, so I'm going to attribute that to everyone of an arbitrary he, category. He's, a, he's, he's, a, he's also got like a, a pretty nihilistic view of humanity is the thing. Like he, he sees that any mm. form of advancement will lead to someone wanting to control others. And that control of, like, that technology grants you is, like, it accelerates it. It allows one person to be a tyrant to thousands, whereas he would prefer the world as it is now, where admittedly strength does, like, the strong rules over the weak. But that's not something that can be magnified hundreds or thousands of times. If someone wants to be in control... They need to, like, man up and do it themselves. Control is given directly mm -hmm. from the individual, and if there's a bad person, you can take out that bad person, and that solves the problem. He does not like modern society because it is nebulous. It is abstracted. Yeah. It is an evil he cannot fight 1v1. Yeah. Punch. Yeah. Yeah. He's my he question is with regards to the parents. I mean, their parents... That's not necessarily a societal. It's, it's not even like he thinks all parents are inherently evil. He thinks that adults have been corrupted in that they view the modern world as the only way. He he is fully believing that in order to like have a fresh start, you need a fresh mindset. 
and people who have spent 30, 40 years mm-hmm. in a system will want to return to what they've known. The only way you can start fresh is by cutting off the old growth. Yeah. Strength is pure and youth is pure. Therefore, only the strong youth should inherit this new world if we want to create a more pure humanity. That is his mindset. Unfortunately, he is immediately faced with uh, Senku, who says, no, science is, science is cool. Well, and moreover, there is, like, you're not supposed to be able to fully understand because he is being irrational. You know, he talks about, he talks about creating a pure new world whilst he's, you know, killing people he has never met and knows nothing about. There's, there's no good in that. There's no justice in that. You know, Senku is Mm -hmm. willing to take the risk on reviving everybody, knowing that he's going to revive some bad people because that's the most fair thing to do. That's the most Mm -hmm. ethical thing to do. Well, also the fact that he hasn't really hit home with the fact that if these individuals, if potentially revived, would be in a similar state of play as themselves, who were conscious for all of that. So maybe they would have, you know, seen or experienced the change and come away with a different mindset, you know? He doesn't care or think about that. That's why he has to be opposed. Like, that's the fundamental problem with his mindset. Yeah, because the four characters we've seen revived so far, we know three of them were probably conscious the entire time. We don't really know about Yuzuria, but we can kind of assume that she was conscious the whole time in the same way that Taiju was. But we don't know what would happen if they found one of the people who immediately came to, you know, the void, essentially, and then they revived them. It's like, would they just be complete tabula rasa would they just be a blank slate of a human and really the only the only way to know for sure is to experiment in a scientific way you know form a hypothesis test it out and see what happens and have as big a sample size as possible which is the whole human race but uh they go and they do revive uh usuria we have a very uh pretty we have a very beautiful series of panels of you know mostly flashbacks from uh chapter one but also uh, a very dramatic moment of the shell the stone shell collapsing and her falling into uh taiju's arms in a very dramatic uh pose and um it it was around this time that i noticed wait a minute her weird headphone things those were there before i i think (laughs) what are those she's what is that? I couldn't decide if they were headphones or if it were supposed to be like a headband because I'm like, they don't reach They're her ears. They're not over her ears, yeah. I think when she... Wait, does she have them when she's revived? So I think yes. that's the yeah. stone. Like, because you see people with like the stone on them still. Like, that's her like thing that stayed there. Um, I have no idea what they're supposed to be. Yeah, that's the, their, their, yeah, that's the, that's the, their hollow mask. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, she is revived and she's a little confused, but she's like, oh, I'm here again and among my friends. So uh, what's going on? We have a supervillain. We have to run now. Okay. I don't know what's going on, but I will help. (laughs) Direct quote. That's a mood. (laughs) She has the perfect look on her face for that comment, too. I like you. I like you, Zuri. And, and again, she is uh, she and Taiju are a perfect pair. I think Senku was right in saying that they would uh, 
that she would reciprocate his confession and they would be a couple. Oh, and I mean, like there, there's going to be some scenes later that, that reinforce this even further, but all of the, all of the signs of like the way that they interact with each other, it's because like, you know, when he initially went, uh, you know, uh, to in the very beginning of the story, she's like, Oh, is this a love confession? And she starts blushing. I will say this. I, I really enjoy uh, Dr. Stone, there's a lot of mysteries in this plot that I'm eager to learn about. I don't think that character arcs are part of those mysteries. <laughs> but that's not about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, that that is absolutely by design. The mysteries are about the world and the phenomena, whereas the character arcs and the sort of like the personalities of the characters are all intentionally like very linear and exaggerated so that the only thing that you question is the yeah. prevailing mystery the of the yeah of like the dr stone is definitely the two schools of thought of how you write characters is do you write a character uh how do you write a character journey is it how a character is affected by the world they're put in or is it how the character you've created affects the world and dr stone is very much in the latter camp mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. like they are all strong personalities who go out to make something and those strong personalities clash yeah, but like, there's not really a story of like how do they get there because that's not the story it's telling. It's like the fantasy of mm -hmm. the fantasy of starting the world over is obviously not. You're going to realize you can't because that's not a good story. We fully expect Senku to recreate smartphones in the space shuttle. We just need to get we need to enjoy the ride of getting there. Yeah. But un unfortunately, Tsukasa gets underestimated a lot because uh, his uh, running speed was also underestimated. He manages to get back before Senku can finish explaining what they need to do. Um, mm -hmm. he, he reveals that, yes, I did say four. The fourth thing that uh, calcium carbonate can be used is to make gunpowder. The great equalizer. <laughs> the great equalizer. Firearms. Uh, I love the panel for this because it's a gun going off and a detailed thing of the bullet. And I'm just like, ooh. It's the rare case where you see a drawing of the gun with a slide back from it. Yeah, being I'm like, fired. Boichi, you you spend your time on these two panel spreads. And when you do, it looks everything looks amazing. Let's stop right there. Like everything looks amazing. But oh, in yeah. particular, when you stop on those. This, uh, is, this is when you get the real benefits of a two man team. Like like two man teams always have amazing mm. art. Like, um, this Platinum's End we talked about had amazing art because that's a two-man team. Yeah. Um, we constantly gush over Murata in uh, One Punch Man, two-man team, like... Uh, absolutely. And, uh, I am never ready for, uh, high-rendered Senku. <laughs> <laughs> the, the random panels where Senku says something scientific and he's rendered in 1080p. <laughs> yeah. I, it's like... I, I, Okay, sure. <laughs> but yeah, as as Senku is in in the process of explaining all of this, uh, that's when uh, Tsukasa returns, and uh, by this point, basically everybody's dropping all pretenses. <laughs> we mm -hmm. we know where this is all going. Uh, you know, this is another example of you know, it's like Senku is not Ungabunga's strong villain. He he is. They imply he's not quite as strong as um, Taiju, but he's at least close. And he's certainly not as smart as Senku, but he has plenty of intellect and an understanding of science that he can be able to match Senku on that field. The thing is, he's a balanced yeah. version of both of them. Mm -hmm. 
and like though those two cover for each other's weaknesses by being extremes but he is a perfect blend of the two and that makes him basically a one-man army like, w- when you also take into yeah. effect sukasa has just immeasurable combat experience when the rest of them are just high schoolers like there is they have never been in a fight he has been in hundreds <laughs> There is mm-hmm. no comparing the two. Which is how he catches a crossbow bolt, because he took levels in Monk. <laughs> Moving 200 meters a second. <laughs> yeah, that is specifically <laughs> called out by Senku. I don't think it's a second. Hey, Matt, you remember that time I, I, I crit the uh, <laughs> the deflect missiles yep. roll? <laughs> that's, a, that's about what he did. Um, <laughs> The only thing is, uh, Tsukasa didn't immediately yeet it back at uh, Senku and Pierce's throat with it. He just caught the the missile. Tsukasa is, like, you're not supposed to, like, sympathize with his perspective. It's it's pretty easy to catch the fact that he is a pretty uncompromisingly bad, bad guy. And that, you know, his train of thought is was derailed before it even got into the station but he is also the 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 spooky thing about him is that he does have a reasonable bent to him like he doesn't like he doesn't want to go to extremes it's just he decides that you know like like his threshold for where you have to go to extremes is lower than it should be but that's why i said that he's a great uh villain uh villain paragon because he has a very pure ideal and he is absolutely uncompromising in seeking to make it real. He just also is an antagonist and will do harm to make his ideal come true. And that's how you know he yeah, can't Sam, be Yeah, Sam, I was dull. literally just about to say the same thing. Like, yeah. his morality is definitely different than the main characters, but it is also consistent. Because he constantly says, like, Senku, Taiju, mm-hmm. uh, Yuzuria, you guys would fit perfectly in the world I want to create. I know you're, you're, Senku, I know you're against me right now, but, like, just, if this works out, like, I have no problem with you doing your thing. Just, we can't revive everyone. That's what, that's not going to be great. If you're going to keep challenging Mm -hmm. me on this, this will inevitably come to blows. But right now, like, I'm consistent. You guys are not corrupted by, like, the modern world. You, we can still, yeah, we can still, like, be a team. Because... There's a long time where the three of them have decided their enemies where Sukasa has still not made that decision yet. He's like, no, we can we can still be together. Mm-hmm. I know they're mm-hmm. not happy I'm killing these people. They can't stop me. And are they just going to let me do what I want is kind of the thing. And it's if they're willing to let me do as I please, I will let them do as they please. And he's trying to convince them to, if you're not willing to, if you want if to split off and me, be- you are against me. Well, no, it, it, it's, mm. it's, it's even more than that. It's, um, if you're not willing to be on my team, I can accept that. And I won't fight you for that just as long as you don't get in my way. And that, but like, inevitably they're going to get in his way because, you know, they're all three of them are very much against um, killing people. Is this a scene where we get, he has like mm-hmm. the flashback of like, uh, Senku. If this had been a different lifetime, those 3,700 years ago, I could have been your friend. And then it cuts him into all the... F- uh. Oh, no, that's... That, that, that is a bit later. Yeah. It, it is a very cool scene. But, you know, this is, this is basically the moment where they have the big standoff. And Sukasa's like, yeah, I'm not willing to kill all of you quite yet. 
I'm going to do what I meant to do here. Don't get in my way as he, you know, walks off into the jungle to go be a badass. <laughs> and Senku's like, all right, we, uh, we're going to have to jump forward about uh, 1.9 million years and uh, accelerate straight to gunpowder. We don't have another choice. <laughs> yeah, the, um, the thing immediately preceding that was uh, a bit of a fun moment where uh, uh, after uh, Senku's crossbow fails, uh, Taiju proceeds to, air quotes, fight Tsukasa, really more meaning that he offers himself up as a punching bag. If you feel the need to hit someone instead of hitting the stone people and killing them, you can oh, just punch me. Part, my favorite part of that is Tsukasa's reaction, who just goes, there's a full like panel of what? And then it's, I'm sorry, let me reiterate what you've just proposed to me. Instead of destroying statues, I can punch you. That's what you're offering, right? Yes. How in any way is that a deal? I'm just not going to do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that's great because it it shows how you know Taiju fundamentally doesn't really understand why Sukasa uh, is doing what he's doing. He thinks that Sukasa is just taking out aggression. No, Sukasa has a defined goal. It's not I'm hurting, so I'm going to lash out in any way I can. It's I've been hurt. I have a very defined enemy who did that. I'm going to go kill my enemy. And Raiju isn't his enemy. Yeah. The sort of funny thing is Sukasa and Senku both have the exact same reaction to uh, Taiju's proposal, which again, <laughs> it, it really goes to show what a good foil uh, Tsukasa is for, I mean, for all three of them in a lot of ways, but specifically for uh, Senku, where like in a lot of ways, they think a lot alike, you know, it's just there, there, there's some fundamental differences. Senku's more charitable in the long run. Mm. But uh, yeah, it's like we've been kind of slowly creeping our way through civilization. But uh, hey, how about we jump forward 1.9 million years and uh, uh, accelerate tech straight to gunpowder? <laughs> Jake, does that work in Age of Empires? Uh, well, I mean, if you're playing the Turks, you can fast Imperial. So <laughs> I guess I guess they're playing Turk. Hey, hey, why is it? Hey, uh, why is it uh, Constantinople not in <laughs> It ain't nobody's business but the Turks. Obviously, Senku's doing the planning for this flight. Uh, they uh, they toss their camp like they were like like they were running without a plan, and then they uh, head off in a direction only uh, Senku know. I I think Senku actually does explain where he's going, but the two dum dums don't. <laughs> I mean, Taiju they don't catch on immediately. Taiju explicitly says you can explain things, and I still won't understand them. Just so you know. <laughs> That's why I love Taiju. <laughs> he is the penultimate art uh, audience surrogate. He is he's a hundred percent. I know my best friend real well. Senku is all about efficiency. He doesn't want to waste calories explaining something that is gonna hit meet death ears, so I'm saving him the trouble. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, it's because like Taiju's airheaded, but we we see throughout this that he's not entirely stupid he is capable of reaching conclusions and having clever observations he's just well behind senku in that regard and so he lets senku do the thinking for both of them when senku's around but it, but it also allows him to be a great audience surrogate because you know 
reasonably, most of the audience isn't going to be as smart as Senku because uh, most of the audience doesn't have author pre-knowledge. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, even if you're a nerd and know some of the things, like the fact that you can get calcium carbonate from shells because you're in your youth you were uh, obsessed with uh, extinct animals and, and fossils and whatnot, you know, so you know what Jacob bones are made of and things like that. Uh, you're not going to know everything that Senku Wait, knows. Jacob, are you telling me you didn't mm -hmm. go to Africa to study Ebola and then in the time over there, eat lion? <laughs> no, I didn't do that. <laughs> Funny you mentioned that particular element, Matt. One of the quickest ways a fictional character can eclipse uh, a real person in terms of knowledge base is by being uh, a degree of expert in as in multiple different fields. You know, that's that's sort of the thing with um, a character like Sherlock Holmes. It's like no individual knowledge base that he or Senku or any other genius character that you can peg is that unreasonable. It's the fact that they know so much of so many different fields. Wait, Jacob, are, are you telling me you can't recognize the color of mud that only comes from the bathing district of London? I recognize that on sight when it comes on the left <laughs> side of someone's shoe. I, I, I cannot recognize that, no. Uh, for further reading, watch H-Bomber Guy. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, point being, it doesn't, like, even if you're a nerd, like, even if you come to Dr. Stone from a, you know, because, like, like this is a manga about science. Okay, I'm a nerd. I'll go Like, you're still going to get left behind by Senku at some point because nobody's an expert in everything unless you're a fictional character. Mm -hmm. So um, Taiju is there to be like, uh, go ahead and explain this to me exactly once. I will have no idea what's going on, but it's perfect exposition for the audience. Like, <laughs> it's not quite as meta yeah. as that, but he almost literally says that. But uh, they journey on their gunpowder adventure and they find a big statue of the buddha taiji's over okay. here having a religious experience and then senku has to yeah. has to slide in and oh, ruin no. it I, I no i actually love this i i love this entire sequence oh i do too because because uh Yuzuria has like she starts crying because this is like ever since she was revived it's been non-stop shown in action so she hasn't really had a moment to breathe let alone think and now it's like, oh, and, and like, it's a big statue of the Buddha. He's missing an arm and everything else is covered in moss. So it's like, oh, I really am like four millennia divorced from the life I once knew. Everything that I knew is gone. And that hits her all in one really detailed panel of her up crying. Until now you were able to, like, distance yourself that maybe this wasn't even Earth. Like, maybe they got isekai somewhere else. This Buddha was, nope, this is Japan. Yep. She'd, she'd been there before. This is Japan. Yeah. This is Tokyo. <laughs> this is something that she knew. It is and, uh, to see in person. I, I have no doubt. I would I would wish to see, uh, see it myself. Hopefully not 4,000 years removed. <laughs> <laughs> Go break open the Buddha to make a mirror. <laughs> so, <laughs> support the patreon you should make a patreon that <laughs> <laughs> there is this beautiful moment of you know taiju reading religious significance into it and senku's like no the statue's here because it's made of bronze but there's no vegetation around here so we could find him no the copper ion seeped into the soil and that killed the plants look senku stop being a killjoy the the point is the buddha is here he gave us a uh, a beacon to work with 
we have something to fight for. And what I love about that is that um, it's like, yes, there's the there's like the physical material world uh, reading of that. And I'm not going to lie. I'm in Senku's camp. That's the perspective that I look at the world from. But like. It is kind of miraculous. You know, the copper ions happened to leach into and and kill off most of the plants nearby so that they could fight. Like, you know, you can see greater significance in that if you're so inclined. And coincidence is incredibly easy to find if you're looking. Yeah. For it. And it's like the, the cynicism of Senku and the, uh, you know, inherent optimism of uh, Taiju you know, really does go to show like those two perspectives and that, I mean, they're best friends. It's not like their two perspectives are incompatible or anything. It's a, it's a really nice moment that uh, mm-hmm. kind of shows that, that is a, 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 a thing the world could uh, stand to remember every now and again. <laughs> Our heroes continue on their journey. We have a moment where Yuzuria is uh, kind of limping along and it's revealed, oh, she isn't fully unpetrified. Her foot is still slightly stone. And uh, with some more of the miracle fluid, she is freed from that and uh, put a pen in it for later. They come to their final destination. Uh, We are in search of gunpowder. So, of course, we come to the hot springs. Thermiromai, everybody. (laughs) Oh, we can't escape it. Yeah, no, no. See, that's what they have to do. We really can't. No, 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 wait, no, it's perfect. They just need to build a thermi on that spot, and then they'll be transported nearly 4,000 years in the past. No, no, that's how they get back to modern Japan. That's my favorite part, is Taiju actually does build the the men and women's side, because you know Senku didn't do that. (laughs) Taiju is a gentleman. Too much of a gentleman. He is. Yeah, Yeah, that came off as sarcastic. No, he is legitimately a gentleman. That's kind of important. And uh, we have another moment of, again, I... I really do think that, like, if you're if you want to study what a uh, hero villain foil looks like, just read the read this section of Dr. Stone and look at Sukasa and Senku, because while our while our heroes are chilling in a hot spring and collecting sulfur from the volcanic left behinds, um, Sukasa comes to the encampment finds their footprints and immediately sees through he immediately pierces the deception check that senku made and says the only thing that they could do to beat me would be to revive weapons of science such as a gun so they need sulfur so they go to hot spring they're in hakone (laughs) as our heroes are in hakone saying we're making gunpowder to defeat sakasa There, there is very much an element of Tsukasa. He has knowledge like Senku does, but he's also a different kind of intelligent than Senku is because one of the big things oh, he, is... He, app- he applies in his knowledge in very different ways. Because yeah, one of the big things is he thinks about it from the perspective of, okay, if I'm, if, if I'm in Senku's shoes, if I have his goals and his skill set, what would I do in this situation? You know, like he sees that the place is tossed and he's like, okay, this looks like they ran in fear. Okay, that's a possibility. But if I was Senku, I wouldn't run scared because I have so much faith in science that it will equalize the strength difference between us. So he wouldn't just run. He'd make it look like they ran, but where would he run to? And like he he goes through the steps and and like the manga shows him going through the steps. There there's even an element of he's like there's a chance they legitimately are just running, but I better go to um Hakone. Uh, I'd better go to Hakone to make sure because if they are there and I'm wrong, 
that that's the I'm end dead. for me. Yeah. So that's when he uh, sets off with his uh, manga character speed. Yeah. <laughs> for for a series that's supposed to be about science, it is sort of funny that they just like say screw it for character abilities and just. I mean, you that's know, one everybody's... of my favorite things about Sukasa is he doesn't have a sex tent and he has no idea where he's going. He's just like, I have a vague idea of where they might be, so he's constantly like zigzagging, like looking for them, but also heading towards that because he's like, I can probably outrun them. So he's just that fast, mm -hmm. or. Also, probably very likely is Senku is slowing down the group because he is not physically able. <laughs> One of my favorite moments of just showing how supernaturally powerful some of these characters are is Taiju going 80 kilometers. Okay, that's two marathons. Shouldn't take more than five hours. <laughs> As he's stretching out his legs. Senku is like dying on the ground of exhaustion. What are you? My boy drags a boat across the river, half dead from not sleeping in three days with his teeth. Like, he's a machine. He's not a man. No wonder Senku <laughs> likes him so much. Senku was Senku scared. Was scared. <laughs> What did I do? Back in my old radio job, my boss ran a marathon, and I saw him at the end of that. Uh, I don't think a human is capable of doing two, <laughs> so I don't know what Taiju is. <laughs> he is a manga protagonist, is what he is. Yeah, that's 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 it right there. Senku is very, uh, <laughs> very happily chipping away at the sulfur. He's having the time of his life collecting all these components. And uh, meanwhile, Yuzuriha and uh, Taiju are having a having a moment on uh, either side of either side of the thermi that they made. Yep. It, it's kind of curious because in a sense, it kind of plays into what Tsukasa says of like, we, we have to find people uncorrupted by the modern world where like Taiju doesn't admit his love then because... Like, the whole point of he waited the five years to admit his love, he did that in the environment of being surrounded by peers in a high school. Mm -hmm. He, I mean, he's not and, quite literally now, the last man on Earth, but he's pretty close to the last man on Earth. And now it's like, okay, you admitted your love for this girl when you are one of four people that you know about 3,700 years in the future and everything's been reduced to the Stone Age. Taiju says, I would be the biggest coward if I allowed this to be the thing that let me say what I meant to say. So I'm going to wait until we've revived more people and we've started to rebuild civilization. And then I'll tell you what I meant to. Those oh, years that ago. actually is very respectful because if he were to confess and okay, just say in happenstance that we did not have the prior, I think... Well, if we were in we his have... shoes, if we yes, he if if she did not feel that way, how oh, that would that, that would be the worst. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Oh yeah. <laughs> I under I totally understand where he's coming from, but I also really feel for poor uh, Yuzuriha on the other side of the uh, on the other side of the divider, <laughs> sadly looking <laughs> as she's twiddling her thumbs like you could. Just that quickly becomes it. the horror movie cut of that Chris Pratt film Passengers, where it's like, "I revived you. Hey, are we gonna be like together forever?" You know, from my perspective, this is a horror movie. But luckily, the movie's from your perspective, Chris Pratt, so it's a nice yes. romantic comedy. I guess it's not a romantic comedy. It's, it's a drama, <laughs> but... That, that but just a, level of just like, you're, you may not like me, but now we're trapped together, so yay! Mm -hmm. well, no, and, and that's 
kind of why I really like Taiju. He's, yeah, he's airheaded, but he has enough, you know, self-awareness and, you know, awareness of other people to be like, if I do that sort of big dramatic thing right now, this situation would not only hollow it of all meaning, it would, in fact, impart it in a whole new meaning, which would be unfair to her. So I'm also, not going to do that. I, I can't blame him for hedging his bets. But like, in all in all fairness, the thing that I really like about this scene is Yuzuryu is the one who brings up what he was about to say, because it's very clear she knew what he was going to say. It's like, hey, mm -hmm. we're in a romantic spot right now. You want to, like, pick up where we left off? And he's just like, no, we can't have any romance until the end of the manga. And I'm like, I respect that. <laughs> because again, yeah. he's an airhead. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and and sort of, well, but the other thing I kind of like about it is it's really good uh, characterization for Yuzuriha as well, because she could also just, you know, drop the subtext and say it herself. But, you know, they're a lot alike. You know, they're they're a good match for each other. How about that? And um, it's it's a really good way of putting like a little bit of light romantic tension without it like derailing the story or or falling on you know misunderstanding or or you know uh tropes of you know it's like uh you know jealousy or anything like that you know it's 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 very like uh true to the wholesomeness of the character's way of um keeping that story hook without letting it get in the way and mm. it's very endearing for both of them yeah absolutely again this manga is very good at writing characters mm. there's not a lot of mystery to the character arcs but it's done in a way that hooks your attention. Yeah, it's, and I can absolutely vibe with that. It's a it's an excellent example of the uh, uh, tropes aren't bad, tropes are tools sort of uh, school of thinking when it comes to the way that the characters develop. So the gunpowder is being made, and again, proof that Senku is uh, incredibly smart, but not omniscient or omnipotent. Uh, they part of the process of making gunpowder is to smash it. Uh, and so, all right. Smashing uh, two rocks together won't create sparks. You'd, you'd need some kind of metal in there uh, uh, to chip to make the spark. That's how that's how uh, flash pans work. And then I love Senku's like half second realization as soon as he says, you, that's how Flint works is there's like minute, there's like large pockets of iron in there. And then he's like, wait, no, we're on a volcano. And Taiju is freakishly strong. Oh, no. And then the camera zooms in on a small piece of iron pyrite in the rock. And he's just like, oh, crap. And then kaboom! I've made a mistake. <laughs> and there's a, there's a uh, plume of smoke rising into the sky. And fortunately, all of our characters survived that explosion. Yeah, they're they're worried that the uh the smoke signal will alert the uh their position to uh Tsukasa. But it actually alerts their position to other survivors. And and to, to dive outside uh to dive a bit outside the manga medium for a while. I felt like I was uh, looking at um, a quiet place for a second. <laughs> yeah, I can get those vibes. Because you know the scene in a quiet place where they go and they light the signal flare at the top of the silo. Yep. And it felt like that, but again, more lighthearted because this is a shonen manga. The strategy at that point changes from uh, we need to get rid of this smoke signal to... Uh, 
we need to uh, light up another smoke signal to make sure that's not just some random fire somewhere and that it actually is people signaling us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why they asked if it's like thunder or lightning that might have struck something. They go and decide to uh, accept the gamble and race up the smoke signal. So, Taiju, go get some more firewood. Uh, Yuzuria and I will tend to the flare. And, oh, Sukasa's here and holding Yuzuria at knife point. Knife. That's a, that's a thing to call it. <laughs> it's a wow. giant stone spear. It's a buster sword. <laughs> like... The the blade of that weapon is taller than Yuzuria. I think Sam Matt out. <laughs> it is period. entirely axe struck. Yes, <laughs> one step and I'll cut her head off. I, I, I remember using I remember using a flambearish in Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. Well, I mean, thinking logically, she doesn't really add anything to the group. I couldn't care one millimeter about that girl. Slice. And he cuts all her hair off. And you know, Senku immediately reacts to the violent action with panic and concern. And Tsukasa's like, heh, yeah, no, uh, you can't hide that from me. Yeah, Your tactics are useless. I, Tsukasa you, ha like, has one up on Senku in intelligence. Is Tsukasa more realistically knows how people act? Senku kind of is a little like aloof when it comes mm. to like interpersonal interactions. He's he's got like a good like theory basis on a lot of things. And Taiju is like good on trusting the best. Like, uh, Sukasa has got like a real nihilistic view on people that unfortunately in a lot of cases does really lead out to that's how people will behave, especially in stressful situations. They'll do this. And that's like mm. where he gets the upper hand a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. Tsukasa Sen Senku Senku has very high end and kind of low wisdom. Meanwhile, Tsukasa has mid to high both int and wiz. Yeah, uh, and Tsukasa, and I mean, like, I I think in a lot of ways, um, one of the big differences in the way that uh the two of them think is um both of them are probably familiar with the concept of rational agents, and uh Tsukasa just assumes everyone always behaves as rational agents, whereas uh uh Senku yeah, recognizes Sam, that that's not always true. So I'm just gonna do the predictable <laughs> science over here and not pay attention to what people around me are doing. That's that's what we have Taiju for. Mm -hmm. Which obviously doesn't always work out well. So Senku is pretending that he can sacrifice Yuzuria, but uh, Tsukasa calls his bluff as he's like, no, you won't actually do that. Uh, you wouldn't sacrifice this girl. That is uh, just not the way that you roll. You know, as Senku is, is pretty overtly bluffing, uh, he sweeps with the sword and there's a slice sound, but it's actually her hair that goes flying. Uh, there, there, there's a sort and, of funny line of uh, Yuzuriha being like, oh, well, thanks. I needed a haircut. It's actually easier to keep it clean like this. Like, like she's she's uh -huh. like full on like, uh, you know, like she is absolutely not a damsel. Yeah, no, that proves that she's got a friggin ice in her veins because like she's sweating from the stress of the situation and probably also because they're in a hot spring. But like she's like, oh, yeah, it would have been a real pain in the butt to keep my hair clean the long hair clean in this world without shampoo so thanks for that anyway uh senku so long as he doesn't have the revival fluid recipe uh he can't kill you so don't worry about me as she grabs the blade of the of the spear and puts it to her neck and it's like damn I gotta respect the metaphorical brass <laughs> balls there she she's very overtly 
extremely afraid to die because she's sane and stuff, but she also uh, shows that, you know, it, it, especially given her character design, because she's designed to be very, very cute. I, I kind of hate to say it, but like the way that her character is designed and the way she's shot in numerous panels, it's kind of always designed to like, it, it's basically designed to show off her butt <laughs> the entire time. But like Sam, th those thighs, yeah. <laughs> but like... Sam, in all fairness, uh, all the characters are drawn in such a way to show off their butt. Uh, Senku's got cake, in case you haven't noticed. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, that skirt and those and those, what? Like, Sam, <laughs> I mean, that thighs. is objectively all, true. All characters, right. regardless of gender, are equally objectified, <laughs> and, and I do appreciate that. I do appreciate that. I noticed. I told you this entire this entire reading was very hard to pay attention to. Similar similar sentiment to uh, Eden Zero. I I uh, I'm paying attention to Yuzuriha, but uh, I uh, I appreciate the egalitarianism in uh, giving everybody uh, equal treatment. <laughs> Yuzuriha <laughs> is framed as the throwaway damsel character an awful lot, and then she does this big heroic self-sacrifice play which you don't typically get out of the damsel throwaway character she is not a prize to be rescued she is just as much a member of the team mm -hmm. as and then uh, the senku is are. like no i made the promise that i was going to save everybody so <laughs> standing against a very dramatic flare-up of the fire he says the revival fluid is nitric acid and alcohol. He just gives away the entire game to Sukasa in order to save her. Including the uh, ratio as well, which to be fair, we've seen like them working out the process of making the miracle fluid, but we didn't get those, the ratios that he mentions in that moment. And um, I don't, I legitimately don't know if he gave the real formula or if he intentionally put in a it's mistake true, I mean, to uh, yeah. trip Tsukasa up. I, I'm of the mindset that he probably did give the real formula because um, he, all, Senku, no matter how smart he is, is putting his life on the line. So I think there's a little bit of him that's like, this information should still live. <laughs> Should should live beyond me. Yeah, that's that's why I'm saying it's like from the perspective of like, beating this opponent giving him a fake formula makes sense but also he is the type of person who would want knowledge mm -hmm. to live past because himself in this situation so it's, it's either both of them will live or one of them either way having the revival fluid formula be known to basically just kind of inject chaos <laughs> but also allow for the chance of more humans, potentially ones that think like him, to be revived. It, mm. it's, it, it's a real Xanatos gambit of a play. Like, sure, he could potentially die, but all of the outcomes serve Senku's ultimate goal. And again, that's why he's a complete um, baller of a character, and I enjoy him a lot. Yeah, and this is actually the point where we get uh, Tsukasa flashing back to if we had met in the previous world, you could have mm -hmm. been my first friend. Whole flashback. Tsukasa's like, Senku, out of respect for you, I'm going to break your neck in the most efficient way possible because I know you'll never stop trying to oppose me and I can't allow that. There is also the moment where he's like, I know what the answer is, but 
Senku, please give up science and just let me do my thing. If that happens, I won't kill you. Senku's- I wouldn't give it up one millimeter. <laughs> Senku immediately lol knows him. All right, well, I'll make your death painless. Boom! Uh, Senku even goes as far as like, uh, I wouldn't give it up one millimeter. So, you know, I know you're not gonna, uh, I know you're gonna kill me. I know uh, I don't have a way out of this. So uh, just make it quick as he's uh, cracking his neck, which uh, he had been doing a lot since the uh, post-apocalyptic portion of the story had started. And kind of. Uh, well, no, he, he, he's been cracking his neck a lot, but the way he does it when he's talking to Tsukasa is entirely different than how he's done it before. Also, how he's been doing it since then is um, Senku always like does it from his head. This time he explicitly is touching the back of his neck. Taiju wasn't there when when Senku gets attacked. He shows up as Senku is falling. So he didn't see that specific one. Yeah, Yuzuria saw it. And I wouldn't call this a Xanatos gambit because this isn't a situation where any outcome is beneficial to his goal. But this is definitely a... Um, this is definitely a huge gambler's play as Senku is thinking, okay... Taiju would notice that I had been cracking my neck by like touching my forehead in a certain way. Taiju's not here. Yazuria will see me grabbing the back of my neck to, you know, to crack my neck in a certain way. I have to pray that the two of them will share this information and it will give them what's needed to let me live. More importantly, he has no idea this will let him live. This is a theory. Uh-huh. He, he's guessing that this will save him. Oh, he's absolutely guessing. It's, it, it is several layers of wishful thinking, but it's also kind entirely the thing he'd do. It's the kind of thing that a man who would give his best friend a flat, a flask of gasoline and say drink this it'll make your love confession work would do it's not it's not blind guessing he's basing this off of uh you know like basically this is a a theory that has some evidence towards it it's just it's not been adequately tested yet but he's out of options Sukasa is standing in front of him and it's like do i let him run me through with the buster sword spear or do i let or do i try to manipulate him into uh breaking my neck my neck which is maybe protected by a bit of stone that's still there is this where we get sukasa's like um inner monologue about how senku you and me are very alike in they, another world i could have called you friend in the old world we could have been uh best friends and, and the really sad thing is senku completely and seriously says yeah we probably would have been best friends and and then snap and we do have an entire like it's it's basically a, a page of the Yuji and Tota situation of, you know, imagining memories of a childhood that never happened. But instead of being comedic for this over the top character, it's tragic because this is a legitimate what if scenario. Mm -hmm. And it's immediately juxtaposed with Senku falling limply into Taiju's arms as he screams in grief for his dead friend. It's when they want to do a big whammy panel, they do it. Unfortunately, uh, Tsukasa is still there and uh, Yuzuriha and uh, Taiju have to do something. 
so uh, they do what they can to enact the plan that they had originally had. Uh, Taiju rushes uh, Senku, and it it's again, it's one of those really cool moments where it shows that uh, Tsukasa isn't just a brew, uh, isn't just unga bunga caveman because he sees taiju coming at him and he's like coming at him with a, a giant rock he's like wait a second there is no way that this guy is actually going to like attack me but he can't put it together in time what the distraction is for is uh yuzuriha uh chucks a bowl of uh black powder at him looking like one of the birds out of Stormvale castle just yeeting some gunpowder at him Yes, and because Tsukasa, in his caveman mindset, viewed women as only a means of reproduction, did not notice to pay attention to her. And I'm like, that's a character trait you probably could have made more apparent before making it the crux of your uh, dramatic moment, but okay. that That's the one kind of gripe, is like the narrator having to explain that character motivation to me in the moment. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um. uh, yeah, admittedly this is... This is a being told moment for Sukasa's characterization, not an informed one through what he's done. But like, I... it's also it's also worth noting that like the more egalitarian a situation is, the less sexist people become. So considering it's a survival situation, he really should have known better. I I will give for all the other amazing moments of characterization in the reading that we've done for this week. I will give the story this one. It's definitely no Demon Slayer. Um. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I give Demon Slayer a lot of slack. I'm giving this particular moment slack because I haven't needed to give it any previously. Any, yeah, slack at any other point. Yep. But uh, Yuzuria throws oh a uh, pot of gunpowder, which Sukasa kicks like he kind of reflexively kicks it spreading the black powder everywhere and the big rock that taiju threw causes some sparks that makes an explosion because taiju is ultimately a peaceful person he worked off of the assumption that sukasa would be wary enough to dodge the blast and and have the superhuman Strength, speed, and agility to do so. But then again, he did also catch a crossbow bolt out of the air with his bare hand. So honestly again, fair. I'm giving it to the manga. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is the, well, there, there's also the element of, um, uh, Taiju is like, Senku would know I would not be okay with a plan that killed somebody. And then there's Sukasa coming out of the, the explosion smoke, like, yeah, I knew that wasn't going to kill me. There's no way that this guy is going to immediately jump to murder after everything that's Mr. happened. Mr. Kasa, throwing aside his burning lion pelt cloak and tightening his, like, kilt around him as his muscles are rippling in the daylight. Haha, <laughs> your plan <laughs> failed. I'm only hunter now. I'm only... <laughs> I'm only hotter now. My power has arisen. Damn it! Stop it, Sam! <laughs> but, um... Uh, using the explosion as distraction, our heroes run off with Senku's limp corpse. It's when Tsukasa... Or, not mm -hmm. Tsukasa. It's when Yuzuria mentions that uh, Senku sacrificed himself that Taiju goes, wait a minute. That's... That's Senku literally what he would do. Not because he's self 
not because yeah. he's selfish, but because Senku is the kind of guy that looks at an ABC problem and chooses D because D is the option that gets everyone out. I think there's a point where it even shows like they flash back to a personality test, I think. It's basically a variation on the trolley problem, and Senku's immediate reaction is uh I would I would switch the train onto a different track that I built uh uh with the power of science because making me choose between the two options is stupid. From the very start, I'd find a way to save everyone. Senku, that wasn't one of the options. I don't care. Taiju remembering this moment is like he would never do the sacrifice play if he would never he would never just give up he'd keep trying yeah. until the last moment so there has to be some trick and that's when Yusuria mentions the neck thing and he's like the neck thing and he goes and looks and there's a bit of petrification still on his neck right where the spinal column meets the skull uh, and the other thing that was noted when they uh, got the last bit of petrification off of um, Yuzuriha's uh, foot was that it was physically painful to have the stone on. Um, but uh, once the uh, the miracle fluid was poured on, it it recovered the damage somewhat. Like they they all have like markings from where their stone bodies had been cracked by uh, time. They have cool scars. Which are like healing points of healing from when mm. they were petrified, like yeah. rock. it. It healed their bodies, but you know if the damage is too severe, like you know as mentioned previously, Senku had tried um, uh, using the revival fluid on a um, on a broken, you know, a broken statue person, and it just created bits of flesh. Um, so it. It has restorative properties, not just restoring you from being petrified, but also just restorative properties in general. Uh, but is it strong enough mm -hmm. is the important point uh, here as the uh, bit of the stone on the back of his neck is uh, crumbling away. Mm -hmm. And that is the end of our reading as the manga says, all right, time for a flashback to Senku being in the stone. Like, because Sen Senku's eye had been staring blankly up at the sky. There's there's a shot, like, focusing in on his eye right as the uh, uh, chapter ends. And that is the end of our reading, the prescribed end of prologue by the mangaka. I know, Jacob, you did read a bit ahead because you were unsatisfied with this particular ending. <laughs> please, please elaborate. Okay, so I personally felt that, like, the... Because it's trying to leave ambiguous if, like, this is the last gasp of of uh, Senku or uh, if he uh, recovers from this. I personally felt that the answer was obvious. Now, with that said, I might have been surprised. To say nothing else, I think this is a, uh, a, a really good example of quality because I just read the next couple of chapters to see what the actual answer was because I really wanted uh I really wanted to know you know it's like mm -hmm. I'm expecting a fake out but you know what if I I won't I won't spoil whether or not um uh I I feel I feel the revival is obvious because Senku is on a lot of covers but like you know it 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 it, it uh it occurred to me, and the thing that spurred me on is like, is he just only ever going to be in flashbacks now? That would be a really ballsy thing for the manga to do. So um, I am aware of uh, 
the the next couple of chapters the fact that this is one of the rare cases where i i literally couldn't stop myself from going further mm -hmm. um is a really good sign of uh just how how quick and how fun the uh reading is for dr stone jake had recommended that we go a few chapters further i admittedly because of time and also because i wanted to play elden ring i still haven't beat sure. millennia uh i didn't <laughs> uh but yeah like I, I, I don't know as someone who's like read the entire thing um on this reread i think i think especially on this reread i didn't feel like there was any ambiguity to the end of the prologue i think it's tonally is very obvious from everyone who's read it what happened um obviously this isn't my first time reading so i'm probably a little bit biased but like i i felt like it's a very clear story mm. being told and throughout the prologue jay you're the other one who hasn't really had any experience what was your your take on the end of our reading for our first chunk i thought i i mean i also identified that it was a cliffhanger and also probably in hindsight knew that it probably was not going to end the way like there was going to be some continuation and it was a fake out so to say but I think it was a good a good section. As I mentioned before, I have been tracking Dr. Stone, but um, kind of been holding back against actually reading it because I wanted to read it and or watch it for a couple years now. Really excited. And I all, all <laughs> of my expectations were met and then some. So I know we haven't gotten to this question yet, but you could probably guess what my response will be. <laughs> yeah. yeah for me from what jake told me i was kind of of the opinion that it would be a absolutely wild subversion for the manga to just kill off senku and then have to rely on taiju and yuzuria being friends with a super genius to draw upon the knowledge of said super genius to remake the world that'd be really cool I don't think that's actually what's happening. It's an opportunity cost situation. I'm not docking the manga for not doing that. I'm just saying it would have been crazy if it did. <laughs> yeah, and 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 for my perspective, basically the situation I was in was I felt compelled to read further. It's sort of obviously meant to be a cliffhanger. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's very much the case where, like, this is an excellent ending point because especially where it does end up going again, whether or not it goes in the obvious direction or if it does the subversion, this is, like, the prologue. Mm -hmm. So, uh, like, this being the, the, the chunk to read is fine. It's just, um, I don't know. I, I guess, I guess the, um, the, it, it. I guess you could even say again. I, I sort of take this as a sign of quality of the thing because, like that, the um, the fear that it might actually go in the direction of of doing this unthinkable thing of killing the guy on the cover um, just compelled me to see whether or not it actually did go there or not. And uh, so I I read ahead a little bit, and uh, <laughs> that's that's sort of the that's sort of the long and short of it. Indeed. But uh, so for favorite character, this is honestly a really tight contest for me because I do love every character for reasons I've expounded upon in this episode. But I'm going to have to give it to Senku because I, I love genius characters and I have become painfully aware of all the way that genius characters can be handled poorly basically what i'm saying is that it hasn't been done right since artemis fowl 
ask me about the movie. <laughs> Next time on the Over Manga Cast. <laughs> Don't tempt me, Jacob. There is a comic book of the first book. I will do it. Oh, I thought you meant we'll watch the movie, because I was about to say, if you want to listen to an episode again where me and Sam have only watched 15 minutes of something and then quit or fell asleep, you can just <laughs> watch the Attack on Titan episode. Exactly, exactly. That is that is a good episode. I do recommend that one. But what I'm getting at is that Senku is the best hyper genius character I've read since Artemis, and I mean that as the absolute highest of praise. So he is my favorite character in this reading. It's by a razor thin margin. And that's wholly because he plays to my aesthetic. Uh, Jake, favorite character. Well, the interesting thing about this series is that at least as of right now, there are functionally only four characters in the story, but they are all very distinctive in uh, very different ways, um, which means it is hard to pick out which of them is does one gravitate towards more because it's like it, it's not about picking the good character. It's about picking from among, you know, several options. But for me, the instant that I, I was just a couple of pages into the first uh, chapter and I immediately knew who my favorite character was. And it is 10 billion percent, not because I very directly identify with almost everything about the way he thinks. But Senku is definitely my favorite character. <laughs> my man i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie there are a lot of cases where like some of the vocal tics that he has i noticed that i do <laughs> and I'm not, um, I'm not gonna lie jake i've known you for over a decade i saw it too it was a fun moment where i'm like yeah yeah this this guy is this guy is like I, me in manga form but like the the person I'd want to be, like the ideal version of me. You, you kin with him. <laughs> I, I I kinned with him so hard, and it was it made it made an already good series even more enjoyable. You can understand why the the cliffhanger affected me so much because uh, yeah no I I kin with uh, Senku on, on a pretty deep level. All right, uh, Jay, favorite character. So this was a little bit of a tie between two characters for reasons um <laughs> okay so, <laughs> audience at home i have those reasons are abs shut up okay <laughs> it wasn't just abs sometimes it was arms okay shut up <laughs> anyway so as i'm trying to say i really was torn between first of all my boy senku i am very much drawn to intellectual types so yes um also the fact i like his humor in a way it's hard to really explain but the fact that he was kind of able to kind of get some intellectual ribs in while still you know not not taking it too far i guess be a little bit respectful and reel mm. himself in but also his humility. He has very dry humor, which I feel you do as well. So. Okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, Senku, and then, um, I swear I could fix him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of saw that one coming. Look, to be fair, it is, it is a good character choice. Uh, look. I can't lie. Sukasa's hot as hell. 
He's he's too hot. It's not fair. Guys, <laughs> right, so I just want to tell you this this manga is full of hot characters. Don't it's don't not worry. Fair. Why? Y'all, y'all remember the Platinum Zend episode where I was like, "Oh, this character is super hot," and then I realized that they were a metaphor for the ugliness within. Sukasa's just hot without that hat heart. <laughs> Like, yeah, he's a villain. Yeah, there's ugliness within. It doesn't physically reflect. He's not that on the nose with yeah. the... Well, because, I mean, the big difference is Tsukasa, in a lot of ways, is not a bad person at heart. It's just his ideals and morals are are awful well, and corrupted. Senku literally says he's a good guy and also a murderer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, Matt... Uh, I saved you for last because you have read this manga the whole way through. So taking into account this reading that we just recently did, favorite character. Okay. So if I have to limit myself to only characters who have appeared in this section, I'm going to have to say that my favorite character is Gen Asagiri. Obviously that means nothing to either of you. I just enjoyed that there was a little scene where he's there. <laughs> there's, there's, there's some good... Um, there's some good uh, foreshadowing of characters who show up later in this part. Because I on this reread, I just noticed, wait a second, that's, and that's, oh man, they, like the backgrounds, they just put people in. And I'm like, oh, good, good play. Yo. Yep. Uh, also, Kohaku, great. Doesn't mean anything um, of actual characters who actually appeared in this. Um, I got to go with Tsukasa. I'm, I'm a sucker for like a really good villain. And he's... Like, actually, just a genuinely good villain in that he's he's doing mm. what he thinks is right. And from a certain viewpoint, his morality is sound. Like, this isn't a, I'm an evil villain. This is, no, your worldview makes sense. I just disagree with it on a fundamental level. But I'm not thinking you're, like, a self-interested party. You're, you just have a diametrically opposed worldview. You're not a bad person. You're doing what you think is right. I just disagree. Like... Mm-hmm. And it's like I I really like that. Uh, he's just a really good guy. Um, amazing art on everything. Uh, <laughs> Boichi knows how to make attractive people, and will do it all the time. <laughs> it, it's like fi- I'm on board with it. Find find a panel of Sukasa where he isn't goaded, and I, I I'd pay you all my money if you could find it because I don't think you can. <laughs> but um. Uh, next question. Theories on the petrification. Um, well, I'll just jump in here. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Matt, with all the foreknowledge, what are your theories? <laughs> you see, my theories are the best because they're correct. Matt is the smartest. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's just objectively true, Jacob. <laughs> anyway, my theory is kind of basic it's just there is a gaia there is a mother earth spirit and she said y'all humans around too much uh have time out and that was it i actually also have a theory because one thing that i noticed is and it was actually as i was skimming through uh a uh a second time one of the things i noticed is that when the when the light happens um in the very beginning there is like this mushroom cloud thing i noticed that too it looked an awful lot like a meteor impact 
Well, one of the things I was thinking of is the thing it reminded me of is a is the mushroom cloud of a nuke. Mm. And that immediately made me think it that some kind of weapon went off. So I'm thinking that this is man-made. And like to some extent, this might be this might be uh me overanalyzing the exact amounts of time that Senku is mentioned and the fact that like it's slightly forward in the future. It's you know, it's like 20-ish, uh, 30-ish years in the future of um when the series was published. I'm thinking that this is um because this also would be interesting uh building into the themes of the story. I'm I'm thinking that this is like a weapon and it's like it's a science gone wrong sort of situation where um so now you know so now we need Senku for science gone right. <laughs> I mean honestly something along those lines because I mean uh and I like I don't think that I don't think that Senku would be that challenged by this but it almost like that would almost be a thing like someone holding this up is like this is why science is bad and then Senku being like no this is why there's a method you don't just push the go button on science you you know you uh test theories you have safety measures you know you have an entire uh building full of petrified birds that you test the uh different concoctions on because if they interact in weird ways you could create monsters or something like noticing the the particular shape of like because it, it's like it was a light that went off that turned everybody to stone but that sort of made me think that it's like it's the light of an explosion that dispersed something. That seems like a weapon. And Jay, do you have any theories on the petrification? So petrification, I had postulated that it was something similar in line with what um, Jake was Jacob was discussing, just because the fact that it's alluded to several times that perhaps, um, you know, it was some kind of weapon or attack. Or whether, well, I assume that whether it was attack, whether it was premeditated, or whether it was some kind of terrible testing accident, well, um, could be later determined. But um, I'm kind of of that mindset that it was some kind of experiment or some kind of accident. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, science gone wrong sort of thing. So we have Matt with the foreknowledge keeping quiet. Uh, Jake and Jay saying that it was probably some sort of science thing gone wrong and me being like Earth Mother said die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds uh that's a, that's a Seriously, what did this what did the sparrows do? Explain that. Mm-hmm. What did the sparrows do? Come on. What did the sparrows do? Why are you gonna do? punish the birds for us? Matt's over there, uh, uh, smiling wickedly, knowing exactly what the sparrows did. Yeah, it's like it's like every time we talked about doors in the Chainsaw Man series, <laughs> I, and Matt just being like, I, "I think you would find that your two ideas are not as different as you may have originally assumed." <laughs> it was the sparrows. They are enacting civil war. It was the- <laughs> it was the, the sparrow sparrows all along. Yeah, and there and there's a there's a baby in the nuclear reactor. <laughs> anyway, would you continue reading? This is a yes from me, but like with an asterisk, not because like I wouldn't, but because it's kind of a surprising would. Like everything I've heard about Dr. Stone made me think that this would be the kind of series that I would enjoy but wouldn't exactly gravitate to. It made me think like, oh, yeah, no, this is something that it it would have been like one of the ones that I would have come back to if I was 
bored on a Saturday and needed, you know, something to kill a few hours. But no, this is something that's actually like legit gripped my attention. And I feel like I should keep up with it in order to understand the mystery. So instead of a soft yes, it's a hard yes from me. Jay, would you keep reading? I mean, yes, I kind of. Well, I already have read past our assigned reading. All right. So I joined Jacob there, but I did. I do agree that this is really good. I waited this long and it exceeded my expectations. <laughs> All right. And uh, well, Jake, you have continued reading, so I'm not going to ask you. Yeah. Let me tell you about chapters 13, oh, 14, and 16. 15. No. <laughs> we, we've run too long already. Yes. It's that good. So look forward to part two of our discussion, but that is going to be later. We have many things to get to in the meanwhile. Indeed. For now, thank you everyone for tuning in to the Over Manga Cast. Make sure to follow us on all of your social medias where we are at Over Manga Cast. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, probably something else. I try not to pay attention to social media and fail every day. <laughs> you can catch us on youtube uh that's a great way to give comments on individual episodes like comment and subscribe for that old algorithm uh also reviews on your podcatcher of choice are greatly appreciated we love hearing from you and sometimes uh you can even suggest things in the reviews and we'll put them on our reading list sometimes we actually have periods of time where we don't know what we would like to read and could use the uh the farming out <laughs> But uh, next week is not one of those moments as we are returning to a podcast favorite, a fan favorite, as we are going back into Spy X Family, chapters 36 through 57. So tune in for that as we are going to be reading more Spy X Family to prep ourselves for the anime, which we are all eagerly awaiting, and we'll see you next Thursday. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.